Hello there, and welcome to the Oblivious Maximus podcast for another week. I'm your host, Aaron Osborne. This week, my guest is Jules Rosenbergs from The Bennies. Um, I've known Jules for a while, and have been meaning to get him onto the podcast because he's a pretty funny dude and really interesting and fantastic guitar player. Um, and the Bennies are, you know, a relatively popular band these days. And um, we actually did this podcast the day after the Triple J Hottest 100 came out, which one of their tracks was featured in. So congratulations to the rest of the lads for getting in that. It's pretty cool. Um They have a new record coming out called Wisdom Machine on Poison City Records, and they're doing a tour in March and April in support of that. Um, Go to thebennies.com.au or to their Facebook for that information. Um, But yeah, it was cool to sit down with Jules at his house, and we had some beers and some dinner, and it was uh, a good little conversation talking about, you know, his upbringing and his relationship with music and playing guitar and playing in bands and all those sorts of things. Um, so it was really fun to do that. Um, this conversation is fun. I enjoyed doing it. I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to it. Thanks again to Jules for having me over um, and making me food and giving me beer. It was awesome. Um, and thanks to everyone for checking out the podcast. Got some cool ones coming up. Um, so keep listening. Give me your feedback. This is fun. Enjoy episode 38 with Jules Rosenberg from the Bennies. Brutal! Jules, thanks for doing my podcast. It's a pleasure to do your podcast, Eric. Thanks for having me at your house. It's a pleasure to have you in my living room. <laughs> As we speak. And for dinner as well. For a podcast first. No one has yet made me dinner, so... Molly gobble bliss bombs as well in a bowl. <laughs> Couple of beers. Yeah, cheers. Um, okay, so... I start all of them off by asking people how they got into music. What was the first memory you have of finding an interest in music? I was lucky enough to have... Uh, my first Sony yep. tape deck mm-hmm. and there was a drawer in the house like in the when you walked in the front door of my parents house and it had like car keys um, just random shit like film canisters yep. photos and a couple of tapes because that's where people grab tapes mm-hmm. and I grabbed Billy Joel Glasshouse very good and that was the first I've revisited it recently actually and how do you feel about it uh, upon reflection explains a lot yeah <laughs> it does yeah it's weird how uh, so because I forgot about that I forgot about it for ages actually it was only last week I put it back on mm. um, I put it on and a lot of the sort of rock and roll stuff that's in the songs I mean I don't really love the album now but yeah. I can hear what was sort of implanted very early and yeah. what I like about music now Mm. all the building blocks are in that album yeah that like I I have that with a lot of records that like my dad used to listen to and I remember as a kid like I fucking loved Billy Idol like I just loved Billy Idol songs for some reason and then not alone yeah (laughs) but then I think I I honestly think that's probably one of like the first instances of like wanting to play guitar was hearing the you know 
because all those songs have like one riff just looping basically you know Billy Idol's the king of that melodic sort of palm mute vibe yeah. but, but keeping it like it's urgent yeah chugging along yeah it. yeah dancing with myself yeah. like, uh, <laughs> the lightning bolt uh, cod piece kills zombies <laughs> yeah like that and that's something that I reckon now has influenced the way that like you know led to influence me wanting to do that a little bit because from like a young age even like even though the really the first stuff I started doing in bands was playing drums like I'm I feel like I was inevitably always going to end up playing guitar because when I was a kid I was always like pretending to play guitar all the time and yeah. stand in the mirror and playing it on tennis rackets drawn to it drawn yeah to yeah it's something like like Thor's hammer it just sort of keeps <laughs> yeah pulling coming you back to the, me yeah. yeah um so whereabouts did you grow up in Wheelers Hill mm-hmm. in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne yep and, and what um, was what was uh music like in that area it's difficult yeah because pre-internet it was okay I mean in terms of I was lucky enough to have older brothers mm-hmm. so like seven, ten years older. Yeah, right. Um, so so I, they would have had a fairly developed yeah, taste. D- definitely, definitely. Yeah. And and I got caught up in that. And it was lucky because I didn't have to flounder mm-hmm. too too much. Like the the yeah. So like the cult. Yeah. But then the clash and the Ramones. Like they weren't into really underground underground stuff but underground like you know sort of pretty cool enough that yeah that was well it's not basis. It, it's not at the mainstream no no but yeah but it, it was never like so, yeah it, it would never go wander too far into sort of obscurity but like the big bands they were into were like fucking cool, pretty cool cool bands yeah for sure yeah and, and um, bands that also still hold up yeah <laughs> and that that was kind of learning guitar I don't even know where the fuck that um well the first time we have a we had like a nylon string mm-hmm. and I was sort of playing it a bit and my mum overheard me playing it and booked me into lessons yeah and I was a pretty stubborn kid yeah and I was mortified that she fucking got me lessons yeah right and so but I ended up having this Andrew this teacher and he like I had lessons with him and then I went from having like a um, a nylon string to I bought my um, first Samic mm-hmm off this dude for like a hundred bucks and um which was a story in itself but um and then I didn't play guitar for ages yeah and my brother wanted to sell my electric guitar mm. he said um how much do you want for your guitar and I said oh fuck I don't want to sell it he's like you don't fucking play it you don't practice on it like don't give me that shit like how much do you want for your guitar my mate you know Dunk wants to fucking take the guitar and then I said no and that's when I started playing guitar <laughs> it was like to give yourself a reason to keep well, it well like yeah no but I had to then practice the guitar because he was just going to sell it yeah. and not not sell it in some weird way just like a, like oh my mate wants to learn guitar and you don't play it just sell Amazing it amazing well sell it yeah, yeah yeah and that was enough for me to get my back up and, and that kind of like kind of coincided with kind of discovering there's heaps of cool bands to get into there's a lot of like yeah from the Ramones seem to be around at still mm-hmm. and then like uh Green Day, yeah, in in all their glory, yeah, and then Madness, yeah, and a lot of ska music. Madness, especially, I fucking love Madness. Mm. They were early, 
Yeah. That's good. And so what what was, like, what did you think pushed you onto those bands then? So that would have been a little bit deeper than Style. Maybe. They had style. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Like, and can't. was that found through, like, mates and stuff, or was it... No, I think it's the same reason. I think there's something about, like, Billy Idol. Yeah. That he, he's, like, a... He's not a fucking musician. He's a rock star. Yeah. And and, and he's almost like a, a, a comic book character. Yeah, for or sure. Or he's, like, if you had well, a Japanese if, kid... If you, if you say like, his Billy name... Idol's a fucking... Yeah, if you say his name, you can picture what he looks like. Totally. He you commands know? a certain... That you can... He's such a fucking icon. He, it, mm. Just what he was about was so over the top as well that um, I kind of look for that in yeah. You know, like I like I like I like that attitude. I like that. I like people going for it. Mm. Um, you know, I like Phil Lynette. I like yeah. Gar- I like a bully guitarist Gary Moore mm. in that band. The flashier ones. It's always been. It's always been. It's like you're not a musician you're a rock star and I fucking love how people do that and the dance yeah. that, of people doing that and that's like so madness um, anyone with a big fucking attitude mm. Aerosmith and so how old were you when you were sort of finding all that stuff do you think definitely just like teen, teens like 14, 15, 16, yeah. 17 definitely like which is watching, a fairly that's a really crucial point yeah like stuff. Days of Confused yeah. was out when I was a teenager that mm-hmm. movie and the soundtrack to that, that inspired a whole bunch with, I mean, I wasn't listening to a lot of Alice in Chains and, and, uh, I was listening to Blind Melon, but I wasn't listening to some of the, not, I wasn't say Pearl Jam sort of crew and all those sorts of guys, mm. like dudes starting to get dreadlocks. Yeah. I was more into the, the older scar into the punk stuff and rock and roll. Mm. Lots of rock and roll. Yeah. Well, all that stuff sort of has similar overflow with, like, the, I guess, like, pageantry of it all there oh, as well. It's all you know? fucking joined, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, and, I mean, I think that's probably something that reflects in, say, like, the music you've gone on to play, and I feel like it's done the same for me, was, like, like I love watching Kiss videos and Iron Maiden videos and things like that, because it was like, look at what's happening, like... When yeah. you're watching a video of Iron Maiden playing live and they're fucking running around the whole, like a stadium stage. Eddie? Yeah. Just Eddie and any <laughs> And all bands, Eddie coming out and the um, Power Slave yeah, yeah. set. Yeah, so sick. Just, just really, really going for it. Mm. Like really, really... It's it's almost movie like I don't know. It's myth- that's what, It's still mythical in my head. It still is. Yeah, yeah. People really don't do that shit. No. And I, I think that's something that's kind of... Anymore, really. Yeah. But it, I, I, feel, I feel like it is something that's sort of refreshing when you see it, though. And I, in particular, I think it's refreshing when you see people trying to do it at a smaller scale. Like, I, I honestly think, you know, the, the heart of a... Like, I exist having a lot of guitar players was simply because we didn't never wanted to kick anyone out. But then at the same time, I know for sure that, like, we did it all the time because it was like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah, like, and you get into the, like the, the the black wind, and, <laughs> and, and and if every when that shit locks in, yeah, yeah, there's a reason why it needs to exist. Yeah, like, without no pun, but like you know what I mean. There's a reason why. Yeah, there's yeah. a reason why it needs to exist. <laughs> I fucking exist. Yeah, and no, but it's yeah. it's like a, it was a whole thing, you know. And then you know, for guitarists of the apocalypse. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think like <laughs> it definitely wasn't unconscious. I'd say we were definitely all sort of thinking about it. But, you know, like then you start like 
dicking around and doing like silly guitar moves and you're like and people are probably like oh this is silly but then in my head all that's definitely going through in the back of it's like all those Maiden videos and all those Thin Lizzy videos and stuff you know like and being able to do it yeah like there's a evolutionary point I think where it gets easier to go out of your imagination and kind of every now and again if you're stuck with it enough on guitar like for me it's guitar yeah like there's shit that I can have fun with now that just I just couldn't play yeah yeah fucking years ago just, I couldn't do it because I just didn't have enough time behind the frets you know, yeah and and also as well time developing yourself in yeah. front of people too <laughs> yeah totally you know? no. are you are you an introverted or ex- like do you think you're an introverted or extroverted person I think I was introverted and I think playing music has brought like my personality out mm-hmm. I mean to the point where like I do this this is effectively yeah. a way for me to accentuate my personality but like Aaron 15 years ago oh I definitely wouldn't have done the stuff I did okay, I, don't th- I don't think I mean may- maybe yeah ma- maybe I-, I would have been like starting to but I think really playing shows was what first got me you know the built confidence or like that little, you know, performance bug or whatever, you know, like, yeah. oh, pay attention to me. Like, totally. look at this fun thing I'm doing, you know? I totally mirror. Yeah, yeah. A similar thing. I'm pretty introverted, mm. actually. But the... Knowing that you have to play shows yeah. to do music, it was the... It helped, you know, that's what, like, oh, well, if it means, like, playing guitar and you've got to get up on stage then I'll face the fucking demon that yeah, is yeah. like performance but god that it takes a long time to, I think it takes a fucking long long time to really hone like to fuck that fuck that off as well like yeah 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 it's it's definitely a skill that requires a lot of development I think I probably had a, <laughs> I, pro- I probably had like a safe spot too because I started out playing drums and I think there is a little bit of a disconnect when you're playing drums because you're at the back there's people in front of you. There's a little bit of a buffer. But then, I, yeah, the, the first time I ever played guitar at a show, and I was also, like, yelling as well. I was like, people can hear my voice. I'm at the front now. Monitors. <laughs> like, this is really scary for me. Um, you're exposed. Yeah. And you're out there. And everyone's judging you straight away. <laughs> but luckily, it went well. That's fine. Um, All right, people fucking... It's like... Everyone judges the same from whether you're starting out to wherever you wind up. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Maybe it is just, like, the ability just not to tune into that shit. Like, mm. um, fuck, I've seen some killer, like, like dudes play their first show and it's bombed. Yeah. And they've fucking taken it, like, classic, classic harshness or a band's broken up at their EP. Oh. Fucking <laughs> launch. you got to give it a little more chance, guys gonna get through it um so when when did like uh you know playing guitar and interest in all that music start turning into playing in bands for you it is tied probably to drinking okay yeah my mate neil Mm -hmm. and we were hanging out at his place his mum would buy she was cool really really rad annette and would get us like a slab of melbourne's great and we kind of teched together. We bought a really, really shit drum kit from Salvos. Mm-hmm. And it was not even... It was, 
maybe kick drum floor and then board a snare. Yeah. Off a dude. <laughs> crack cymbals and then a 10 watt amp. And that was, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was, and it was getting places as well. We could like, it seemed like that was something you could do to whittle away an afternoon. In yeah, Dan- yeah. In Dandy Nong. <laughs> what a place just to drink be. Beer. No, but that, yeah, just drink beers and, and play. And, yeah. um, and just keep working on stuff. And it just, that was enough. Mm. Yeah, it was enough to keep it pretty young as well, like, like 14. Yeah. And when did that roll into, like, when you started out doing that stuff, were you playing other people's songs or were you trying to write songs from an early age? Or Yeah, we were trying to write. Mm. We, weren't, <laughs> you know, we weren't good enough yeah. to play other people's songs. Sure, yeah. Like, we could, like, for example, um, Come As You Are. Yep. Nirvana was massive then. Um, we couldn't get through the song because it would, they'd always get to a change in a song where we'd either have to dumb it down. Yeah. Like, yeah, was, we were just pretty, we were quite shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone is. But well, yeah, yeah, but we were determined, but we were, we, I mean, we were really shit. Mm. Like, um, but determined. And also, it was something to be said for the sort of uh, trajectory. Mm. It was something we did so relentlessly that you kind of eventually did get it a little bit more but yeah it would really really slow off the uptake like yeah yeah yes like i don't know i i had sort of a different angle to it where like whenever i was jamming with people you know in those first sort of garage bands and those things like that i was always really i was the one really pushing to write stuff yeah because my whole idea was like i want to do this for me like i don't want to do this to play someone else's songs like it's cool to play someone else's oh, yeah, song yeah. but I kind of had in my mind like we shouldn't play that because we can't play it like it sounds like I can tell that it sounds shit <laughs> so yeah. that was kind of like but if we play something we we can do then that's like gonna be great it, it's, it's cool when you can write something that you can play yeah instead yeah. of playing shit you that you didn't write that you can't play yeah and you struggle through yeah you struggle and you you know uh, uh, the song's only ever going to be like 60% at best mm. of what someone has already executed perfectly yeah <laughs> and you're and you're hypercritical of it too because you've yeah, heard yeah, that the, perfect yeah. version you, you're setting yourself up for a fucking defeat <laughs> yeah. on that one well, you know, that there, there is um, and once again making songs mm. and and writing and and not playing a lot of covers or being unable to play covers meant emulating, which meant then playing a lot more and having a pretty good, healthy mix of friends that played music. And yeah, right. um, there's lots of all ages shows. And so there was mm-hmm. some really, it was cool. I mixed it up with a, a lot of strange strangers from other schools. Like I'd make the effort to get dropped off at their house and jam with them and stuff. Oh, sick. Like, um, Missing Link had the ads and shit. Mm-hmm. And so, with a bit of effort, there was like a pretty healthy sort of thing. It's hard in the suburbs. You had to travel. I had to travel in the city, but like um, you could sort of get around and meet different people. And yeah, yeah. Um, and what sort of like what sort of bands were you seeing at those shows? Just local younger bands, or just a bit of a fucking mismatch. Um, early, like there was lots of um, ska bands coming through and punk bands mm-hmm. from the states. Yeah, like pop punk bands, um, H Block, always around. Like Caustic Soda was sort of kicking around. No Grace. Yeah, sure. And just, I mean, I like punk bands that would get out and play. And then you had 
Jebediah were sort of, I suppose, not Jebediah they have become, but an early Jebediah. Sure. And Ben's sort of doing that sort of stuff, but it was all pretty, I don't know, all pretty fucking um, same, same. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it always felt like the same bands were always tur- touring around. It felt mm. like there was eight bands in Australia. <laughs> That's how it felt. Yeah, I, yeah. I think my, say my teenage years felt like a lot of it was, in, in Australia, was just like people really trying to play like an, an American sound. And, and yeah. a lot of derivative stuff was getting played. I don't know. It's like, it was a weird time for for bands and touring acts. Yeah. yeah. And, and in the suburbs where I grew up, there just wasn't, there was no locals. There just wasn't a local scene. Yeah. None. Well, I think I think that is something like pretty typical of small towns as well because in a smaller town all you really get is the exposure to the biggest thing. So that in that small town you're not getting the niche sort of genres or whatever. You're just getting the biggest version of what is coming through, you know. Well, it's like living in the suburbs. The biggest bands permeate yeah. out into the suburbs. Yeah. But like a a DC hardcore band yeah. that was around for four years and had two seven inches <laughs> isn't going to make it to Wheelers Hill. <laughs> no, no. I just, no I mean, unless you had a network of people, but there was no, that like, um, there was no, in, it, there was no internet, so it doesn't, yeah, it didn't, in that, it didn't happen. It, it just didn't happen. It's a miracle any of that fucking shit got even got out there. Like, no trains, it's just fucking buses that run really shit timetables. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, strange, but, no, it's all pretty big, big band sort of stuff. Mm. Cover bands played pubs. Yeah, yeah. All heaps of that shit. Captain fucking Spalding. <laughs> Six dollar jug nights. Yeah. So at what point, when did you move up to proper Melbourne, big Melbourne? When did you get up here? Twenties, uh, early twenties. Yeah. And what was like the catalyst or the reason for moving up? Oh, music. music. Yeah? Yeah. It was, uh, to be closer. Mm-hmm. It was a, when I um, realized, as slow as it all fucking moved, mm. like when I realized that, oh, there's this, you can go out every night and listen to music if you live close to the city. Yeah, yeah. But if you've got to get like the last train into the out of town or whatever, it's you, you get a different perspective of the city and stuff. So I just went closer. Yeah. I met some cool people in like North Melbourne mm-hmm. and um, Flemington and just moved here. The rent was fucking cheap. Yeah. And you could just go see bands all the time, playing bands, like rehearse all the time. Mm-hmm. And so when you like, moved that up... Was, it was good. It was like a, it was a real relief to be able to just... You could work a couple of days a week and you could just like play. And, yeah. So when you moved up here, was that like playing music became a lot more important for you as well or...? Yeah, was it something that was just easier it, it, to access? No, it was. Um, it was always pretty hard, hard on the agenda. It was yeah. just um, bands had come and gone and failed and whatever. It was. It was pretty exciting actually because um, to get to a point living closer to all this shit that was happening, like bands and stuff like that. Um, I felt like I'd entered an oasis mm. from a, like a vast desert, suburban <laughs> fucking desert where art goes to die. Yeah, right. You know, I really felt like it, I, 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 yeah, it was, it, it was so difficult to maintain any sort of like band from where I was. Mm. 
and then it not, doesn't make it easier being, but it, it made it easy to meet people and like-minded people and get inspired and see bands and meet people and mm. and then get him feel like feeling, feeling like you're part of a community. Yeah, you know, like the the, the warm fuzzy shit that kind of then drives what who knows what drives what, but like I really then I gave really you a succ- push or whatever. I succumbed big time. Like, yeah, yeah, I really went. Um, I went for it. And so what music and bands and things were gave you that feeling? What was the sort of stuff that drew you like that? The bands really... It was weird. I'm going to say Against Me. Mm-hmm. Because... They... You know when you fucking write something and you're really proud of it? You're like, oh, this, is, this sounds sick. And then someone shows you a band... Mm. Maybe this scenario has happened to you. Yep. And then you listen to a song and it's like, oh, wow, that's kind of like what I've written, except way fucking better. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, the, against me, early living end, mm-hmm. like um, early, early, like uh, when they uh, had their first drummer and supported um, Green Days, because they grew up near me. Yeah, wow. Um, as the Runaway Boys at the Mulgrave. And so, the rockabilly thing was kicking around. People were doing even like some of the swing shit, like the yeah, yeah. That was a bit weird. <laughs> that was like pretty strange. And then you had bands like Cold Chamber and shit, and the heavy fucking corn thing going through, and yeah. the rap metal, and like, it's like um, Judgment Night soundtracks and <laughs> mashups, and yeah, yeah, Ice T and NWA. You know, like that's it was all. I was pretty lucky that that all bombarded me. Like I fucking love all that. D Last Soul, yeah, is dead. Like that's one of. My, just all that shit around that time was like it's mm. kind of felt felt pretty bombastic and was exposing itself and yeah yeah that was kind of where were we going with that I forgot what what was like your the sort of local community <laughs> vibe that drew you to yeah that yeah well that's that's what it was I so sorry against me we're a big thing uh, mid youth crisis yeah and that whole family of bands sure um. I get the feeling that that's from a lot of people that I've spoken to from Melbourne Mid-Youth Crisis were a really important band for a lot of people yeah oh yeah yeah for sure because it was like Mid-Youth Crisis and Avail it's kind of like that's what I thought was the most kick-ass thing in the world at one point yeah 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 that would t- and I saw those two bands at the art house that was, that was one of my favourite gigs of all time yeah but that you could distill it into a few bands yeah. Um. <coughs> and were shows there something that, like, for a lot of people from Melbourne, started to become an important thing for you as well, going to shows the art house and stuff? Yeah, the art house and, the, and like, um, in the corner. Yeah, it all sort of started to slowly form together by yeah. playing in bands and playing, like, first bands played their shows at the art house, but, I mean, also, like, the Tote and Pony and yeah. old bar there's a whole there's all those bands that were sort of kicking around and you know really getting to know how to tread the boards on a Tuesday night Wednesday night Thursday night yeah yeah and then um I suppose the only ever really thing where it got it picked up a bit was with like the Gunrunners and stuff mm. where they were the first dudes and Kimbo where we learned how to play outside of the state like, yeah right and yeah. so, what what was that first experience like for you then? Going we to could. play outside of Melbourne? Got so pissed. 
<laughs> I got so pissed. Yeah, I think we had the exact same thing. I mean, I, the first time I went to Sydney, I was like, we got six beers for free, boys. Let's just, like, get heaps drunk now. <laughs> and there was a few of us. It's like five of us. Yeah. So, um, no, no, yeah, I just remember getting really drunk. And, and being stoked, like, stoked to play the first show outside, like, getting a rehearsal space, a victory. Rehearsal space to your first show. Mm. Like, massive victory. It's like your 18th and your 21st. And then, like... <laughs> um, your first tour, maybe interstate, in interstate, mm. and then interstate. Yeah, getting out there. Like, yeah, there's there's this like. It seems like there's that rock and roll checkbook of shit that like. I mean, it sounds it sounds phony and it sounds contrived, but it's kind of true. Like, no, it is, and it's, it's awesome, little, and it's little achievements that I think like anybody, I guess, from the sort of community, I guess, that we've are a part of. It's like. It's one of those things. It's like a, just a cool thing that sort of goes in hand with the stuff that you're doing. Like, yeah. And it's rad to experience those sort of things. It's amazing that there's so many... I mean, it's not amazing. It's, not, it's uh, incredible that so many rad, like just rad people mm. are then extremely talented. And yeah. They're, and they're, they're never too far away. Like, it's, I'm always constantly blown out, blown away by people's output and what they're doing yeah it's um pretty easy to be inspired and to push yourself like I think that, so too it's good it's good shit like yeah I think and that's been so. one of like the coolest things about doing this is like getting to talk to those people and you know like uh, quite a lot of the people that I spoke to are my friends it is it's a really sort of inspiring thing and it's something that I feel like drives me even more too and even when it's like you know uh things that and nothing like the music you're playing it doesn't matter just seeing people doing that cool other stuff means that you know it, it can give you the fuel to do have similar goals and achieve similar things fucking like. oath like yeah you see people like you see people having a crack of being an individual mm. yeah just attempting it yeah and that's that's inspiring and that's that's always always wins my vote like you can't be if you if you're having a go at like being an individual and pushing something and believing in yourself like it's the opposite of the bully culture yeah that I that I just sort of dread and, mm. and can't fucking stand yeah that exists in society you know yeah well I, I can certainly say that like it's been like playing in bands and playing music and stuff has been like the I think a really key part of me learning how the world works and like developing myself as a person is through the experiences that I've had and like the education that I've had from going and you know playing shows in the middle of nowhere or meeting people through recordings or just jamming with people that I hadn't you know just spreading that net out as far as you can you know it's a good constant to make those discoveries music Hmm. um in terms of yeah Totally, like spreading the net, spreading the casting the net out there, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and forming connections, and yeah, um, it music. If you really fucking go for it, and 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 you do get out there as your band and stuff like that, mm. it's incredible where you wind up and like and what you can what puts you in places that you never like, not in your wildest could be sort of yeah, yeah, some exactly. of the scenarios that can that can arise. pop up from it, yeah. Um, so I guess playing in a band like the Gunrunners is that where 
sort of that stuff started developing a lot more for you yeah and yeah. making lots of connections and things like that well that's when it just was heaps of fun mm. we just could play pretty regularly and yeah. rehearse fairly regularly and make demos and EPs an EP yeah we didn't do heaps of shit but it was like and have just really heaps of fun playing with heaps of guitars it was yeah. just like <laughs> It was that was awesome, and, yeah. and just a great bunch of dudes. Like, still, the band has slowed down and not actually stopped. But um, that and Kimbo, my other band, which was gigging about as as much and doing about as much stuff, but just learning the kind of the only way you know how, which is just sort of trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shows and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot cool. of a lot of those initial, you know missteps and things that's where you <laughs> start learning things from there yeah just yeah all the all the, the, the weird pathways that um not being taken seriously you know all that yeah. all, all this shit you gotta fight for you know it only yeah, feels yeah. like you gotta really fight for like trying to get a good night with some good bands and like even convincing bands to play with your bands like <laughs> that being said there was some yeah it's, it's, like I mean it's wicked it's wicked it was absolutely fucking wicked mm. like um, and a, and a hell of a the double band thing was cool because they were two different styles as well. Yeah. So it meant being able to fucking uh, just to mix up the expression. Yeah. Like just mix up what I was kind of doing, which I don't really know what I was trying to do. Just mm. trying to. And so was playing. that was that? Did you think that helped like develop your musicianship as well, playing different styles of music? Well, it meant I was playing. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. It, me. it meant I was pl- I was playing and 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 being able to contribute pretty heavily, like in terms of mu- musical content. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it meant actually quite a bit of output, like quite a few riffs. Yeah, yeah, for but, sure. Well, it's a lot of it's a lot of jamming and shows. A lot of jamming, and and, and and there was a lot of jamming because like there was no. It was working out how much you should jam, so there's times like we're like jamming both bands like three or four times a week and thinking this is like what you're meant to do, but it just <laughs> was just fucking way too much. Like <laughs> Yeah. You just found yourself rehearsing all the time and and not being the person that would say that hey, is this like it's probably a bit excessive. Like. <laughs> we can have lives outside of this as well. Well yeah, yeah. I mean it just it, it meant there was sometimes that and then it all cooled off in terms of um, that sort of ends and then finding the balance yeah and yeah that was definitely my uh, formative <laughs> formative band sort of fucking uh, band bands I yeah suppose. yeah and so how how did that how did things then roll or slide into um, stuff with the Bennies come about for you because um, I went through like this uh, breakup mm-hmm. and I went back to university yep and when I was at university I was going back to just sort of I, I wasn't in a band that was sort of playing anything or anything like that and I ran into Auntie like, getting a coffee at university in one of my breaks mm. and he asked me if I wanted to rehearse not rehearse uh, to try out for the band you know? yeah well. to try out yeah rock out with the gear <laughs> Yeah. Um, maybe even uh, listen to some of their songs and play them with the band. See how you go. See if you get chosen. <laughs> and we wrote a song and it was just like, that's how it kicked off. 
actually yeah. yeah the first thing we did was write a song so and it and then it was there was thinly veiled oh yeah we're gonna try out some more people I'm like fuck man we just wrote a song I'm in as if I'm not in this fucking <laughs> Um, no, nah, it was it, it was it was lovely. It was like it was it did feel like a meeting of the souls, not as not as fucking full on as that. But we did write a song in the first. Yeah, that's it. yeah. And was that that something as well that was again like a different musical expression for you? Or was that something that you'd sort of been exploring nah, as well? As a teenager, I was in ska bands. Yeah, and and played like in ska punk bands, and mm-hmm. and it was really strange to have gone through that younger and then there's this just dude who pops out of fucking nowhere and goes hey you wanna yeah. crack it at this band and Anti had played in the Vaginals which my band Fisted by Midnight had played with mm-hmm. like earlier on and he was on trumpet yeah yeah so it's it's quite it's, it's I reckon it's really awesome that we're now having known each other and everyone and have everyone sort of had, had known of each other that mm-hmm. we're in a band it feels pretty natural yeah what's it's um I, I mean i have a similar thing too with the fact that like i you know when i was in school and stuff playing more metal stuff and then it went to more punk and hardcore stuff and then now it's sort of rolled back into playing that guitar player metal yeah stuff which is i mean i i love it but it is surprising for me that i managed to do it as a kid yeah. and get completely removed and then now that's the thing that like that's the thing that I do musically is doing. play metal guitar, you know? It's, it's, it's wild. It's mm. a wild experience. It's it's one of those things that if you like to get stoned and ponder on, <laughs> you, can, you can really give it some fucking time. Like, I, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty lucky in a way that um, being in the band, in the bandies, mm. has allowed me to express a lot of the stuff that I was doing in a lot of the bands in one band. One place, yeah. Yeah. And so it was kind of cool how all the other shit that I'd done had built itself into being something that fit really well with those dudes. And yeah, then, right. And, and, and vice versa. Like, um, like, it just, it was very natural. It's a very natural band to be in. But yeah. It's cool. And how, how does the, like you know, writing and stuff like that work with those guys? Is that something that's very natural for you now through all the experience you've had? Yeah, it's cool because it's... Ah, sorry. It's fucking cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's cool because, uh, no, the guys... We either knock it out like any band. Knock it out if you're lucky in the first... You've got a song that sort of comes together. Yeah. And then you've got the grinders that Mm. you've got to be boring and work it out. And you got the grind, and it can work out. And you got the grinders that don't work out. Yeah, and it's always just to just build it from scratch, mm. or with a riff. But we work pretty well together to to make a song. It's like it's good. Yeah, it's sick. Yeah. And so has that has the uh, like again as as like an outsider looking at that stuff. The Bennies is obviously something that's done like quite a lot of you know the band has done quite a lot of stuff now. You've recorded a couple albums and. Um, you know, you've done quite a lot of tours now. Was uh, all the experiences that you're having with this something that, you know, you were ever expecting to happen? Or is it something that's just sort of like pleasantly come along with that? Oh, I'd be lying if I said we didn't want to like, when you get pissed with your band, <laughs> you get fucking particularly high or something. Yeah. And it's like the inner child of 
the rock and roll that you love comes out. Yeah. I think we've all managed to verbalize how fucking rad something would be and mm. like put it out there. And so in that extent, yeah, we've dreamt like any other band, like we've, we're massive dreamers of like, oh, wouldn't it be fucking sick if this could happen or this could happen? But the fucking reality of like having some of the opportunities and ha- the good times we've had, you know, as a like pretty unknown band really in, in the whole scheme of rock and roll, yeah, like, yeah. You know, pretty humble victories. Mm. Um, like it's, it's just fucking rad. It's pretty, pretty, yeah, yeah. pretty fucking cool. Yeah, and it's it's good as well having having that outlook on it though, like and not the opposite side of that, which is that like, you know, we deserve this or yeah. we deserve that. Like having the outlook that, you know, it's just a positive when it occurs is fantastic because that means that you're never going to be disappointed. You're always going to be enthusiastic. Like it's nice to have feedback. Like mm. I think for any band, it's I mean it's we're we're in a like luckier position well we weaseled weaseled our way into a like a thing where like I think for like up and coming bands man like it's hard being heard Mm, yeah isn't that the frustrating I think that's that's really frustrating like you're not taken seriously you feel like that kid who um, wants a chance but you don't have any fucking experience and how are you meant to get experience if you don't give me a chance like that feels like (laughs) being a fucking band like a lot a lot of it like Mm. you know um and so it's kind of weird for a portion of my experience to sort of say, oh, fuck, like, um, there is no rhyme or reason kind of for, for it. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, there is no, there isn't. There isn't, like, there's certain skills that are cool or whatever. But realistically, there's really great bands that aren't really that well known. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I don't know. It's hard to. Oh, that whole thing's kind of. It's a strange fucking realm, 3D mm. realm. <laughs> um, so, h- how do you like? How do you feel that the reception for the music that you guys have been making with the Bennies has been received? Like, are you guys stoked with how it's all coming along so far? Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess <laughs> the, the biggest the biggest point to make of that today is that yesterday, you know, that hottest one hundred thing. Yeah, we're stoked. Yeah. Like, which is, I mean, it's fantastic for you guys, but at the same time, as we were just talking about with, you know, these sort of lesser known bands or whatever, like, it's awesome that you guys are in there because it's representing a pocket of stuff, you know, whether you want it to or not, you're, you're bearing a flag for other people there, you know? Oh, fuck. Cheers, man. (laughs) No, but it is really, it's like, it's a cool thing to, to see a band that, you know, uh, doesn't have big label push or lots of, you know, um, you know, I mean, I, I would say there's, there's no one out there just throwing money at people to make the Bennies do things like that, you know, but like, we had a mascot money beers (laughs) and he's a cash register that just drinks beers and fires money at people. Well, that maybe you, that's yeah. how you got it. Maybe that, yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> if we fucking paid money beers some more money. Yeah. Nah. But yeah, so it, like, you know, <laughs> ha- how does that feel? That that response like that. Satisfying. Mm. That's fucking satisfying, to be honest. Like, my fly was undone. That's that's okay. We've done forty-one minutes with your fly. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
No, it's very satisfying. I mean, I don't know. I don't... Weird as well? Yeah. I try, just trying to sound, sound uh, without sounding fucking cliche or anything. It's pretty fucking weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty like party machine. Hey, motherfucker, I'm a party machine. Like, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. I love that that exists. Yeah. You know, I'd be fucking. I'm stoked of like a bunch of bands that have got into it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not the type of human being that pays attention to a lot of the nitty gritty stuff about voting polls and yeah. things like that. It doesn't seem like a, pretty, a very natural way to live. Mm-hmm. But it's cool that, you know, there, there's potentially people out there that have listened to some of the shit we've written. Yeah. Like, listened to it and, and, and have fucking voted. Yeah. Like, the stoners <laughs> have voted... Stoners, this is their year. The stoners have spoken. It's fucking. It's, it's pretty incredible that yeah. that enough people give a fuck about partying <laughs> to, to make to make these sorts of moments possible. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they do. Oh, so I, I, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> Should be proud. Yeah. Um, it's, honor, it's an honor to represent them. <laughs> it's an honor to represent stoners, drunks. Other people who are keen to just have a good time. Yeah, man. All the poppers out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I guess what's... You know, so you guys have a new record coming out soon. What What's, like, the plans and things ongoing with this sort of stuff? Is it just to, you know, just keep slugging it out? Um, though I, I believe this whole discussion about doing this podcast came of me telling you how good your upcoming album's artwork is. It's oh, fantastic. <laughs> I love anything that's reminiscent of old stone rock stuff. So Chris Cowburn and Auntie's dad, you can thank for the yeah, yep, the two key ingredients mm-hmm. in that equation. It's um yeah, we got an album coming out um, in March. Yep, and then pretty pumped. Pretty yeah, pumped. it's been sort of it's been around us. Yeah, the band for a while, mm-hmm. and so I don't know, we can get out there. Had a bit of time off. It's nice. Yeah, smoke a bit of weed, chill out, do yeah. things like this, <laughs> hang out, have some pasta, have dinners on Wednesday some, nights. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> um, and then kind of go on tour with Off with Their Heads and mm-hmm. High Time in yeah in March, and then I think some sort of Euro National Lampoons Euro vacation <laughs> thing. You know, Great tours happening, and we come back and sort of fuck around Australia again. Yes. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And is it, like, is this record something that you see as, like, a development of the last stuff, or is it fairly similar, or what are you... Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a bit... Yeah, it's, a bit, it's different to the first one. Mm-hmm. You, first one, you burn... I burn a few riffs. Yeah. Yeah, we just, like, put a lot of riffs into an album. Yeah, yeah. This one, like, this one was a different... It was a new set of riffs. Mm-hmm for my component and then it was it's just deeper we went a bit deeper yeah yeah we're we're still trying to fucking find our feet it's like where we can go yeah in terms of band and and, and I think we we pushed it into kind of where we were going to be with it like this album it does capture that yeah that's it captures a lot of the touring and the sort of attitude and I don't know it it is good we worked really fucking hard on it like we just built the album it's good yeah sick was it like a 
hard process or a long process writing and recording at all? I wouldn't or? say it, would, it was a hard. It was a. Uh, it was as much as it was psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was um, awesome, but we just made that. We just sort of booked rehearsals and made the album, mm. and um, I think everyone kind of worked within their limits. Okay. Well, and then like kind of it sort of broke. Broke my brain. It, it really fucking broke my brain, this album. Yeah, right. And, in times. And it was like, made it all the more special for it yeah. to be done. <laughs> Tore you down, brought you back up. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah, I really fucking got the fucking whacked with the wisdom machine. So I'm glad it exists. <laughs> I mean, it's... it's I'm, yeah, it is. It's And it's also... Um, it's just ridiculous enough. Yeah. Yeah, I think... <laughs> exploring sillier themes yeah, yeah yeah it's staying silly and um and and serious yeah yeah it's, 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 well, it's, and, a, it's, a, it's a fine line I think that's a perfect example and something that I've been very happy to talk with other people about as well is that like the level of appreciation I have for stuff being like silly or funny or whatever being just as important as the really sentimental, really, you know, emotional stuff is. And that's what it's been like for me being in, like, as soon as our band had three people playing guitar, for me it was like, we can't be up there pretending, and particularly coming from the hardcore scene, which is very much like, tough guy, a lot of ego and all that stuff. Whereas we were just like, I'm not going to stand up there and pretend I'm tough. I just like fucking getting drunk with these dudes and playing guitar. So what I should represent is getting drunk and playing guitar so that means i'll put beer things on shirts and i'll drink as much as i can <laughs> like, um do, do you reckon like with like heroes and shit like that like all my heroes none of them were fit but all of them had exceptional like they were, like like hendrix he wasn't we wouldn't say he was fit he was like smoking cigarettes drinking and like yeah. doing acid and stuff like that um if i look at like if i just go through them all like none of them like keith moon Bonham, like none of them are these these fit, aggressive, fucking people. I mean, no. some of them are aggressive, but like they're just kind of like these these really fucking rad fuck ups. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I I think the same thing too, and I think it's one of those things. Well, like the other thing for me is growing up watching those things, like watching the Pantera home videos and things. Like, oh yeah, just vulgar watching, videos. Yeah, just yeah. watching people get drunk smoke weed do dumb Getting shit tequila like, tattooed uh, labels tattooed <laughs> on their fucking necks and shit yeah but like that to me is just like alright that's what I want to do I just want to have fun and that's the way to have fun for me hey, that that was a big thing that was being sold as well I remember that I know exactly the fucking the videos and it, it just in general like it's, it's all about the, the fun maintains it like if you tie fun to your creativity and also your productivity Mm. like in terms of you doing something you're trying to have, and you can enjoy it fuck man it's a like there's potential to do ridiculous shit in that frame of mind in that template like yeah yeah and I think um what am I trying to say that's I think that's what I'm always fucking trying to fucking chase yeah like it just is it enjoyment and the fulfillment you get it's a, well yeah yeah, yeah yeah I love yeah, I don't know like you know it's like just but the bizarreness of, of people, bizarreness of situations. Like, yeah. I like 
music as a as a taxi driver that sort of puts you in these bizarre yeah moments and and also that 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 can be another lyric or that could be or it could be on you know it is it is truly fucking fucking wild it's good <laughs> it's strange it's, it's it's strange it's just it, it is strange like it's a strange it's strange to think that like that's something you focus on yeah I was the guy the dude from Six Foot Hick I like his quote he's like when passion wanes compulsion takes over yeah yeah and that's kind of like that is the musical trip yeah yeah sure you know, in it, into it out of it in it out of it but you for some reason it just doesn't it just lingers it lingers like a yeah, yeah. cloud it is and it's always something that's sort of driving you and pushing you isn't yeah it? like doing your fucking head in and, <laughs> and like high-fiving you at the same time and mm. it's a strange beast it is a fucking strange beast like how sick is it the, the um cultural phenomenon that is like chucking on if you like as a teenager you put on a fucking song and you just knew if it was like the the party was kind of waning you just chuck this fucking chuck this album on or whatever yeah yeah and that's the thing that's gonna get all the beers finished all the <laughs> shit like just bring it back up again yeah like I haven't forgotten I don't think anyone like music's got that fucking power that's what makes you want to play yeah yeah you know, you know, that, that, like imagine making that fucking song like that's that, that's pretty can this you song can it? turn a fucking party around dude. yeah 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 fucking oath like it's, it's fucking like listen to bangers mm. the, the songs over time and shit like that like I've recently found out this uh, internet's good for fucking for a few <laughs> things but it um that Michael Jackson collaborated on Sonic Hedgehog 3 yeah, yeah. track these things I was unaware <laughs> and now here you are loving it absolutely <laughs> I'm glad Michael Jackson came up. A couple of people have given me shit about how frequently Michael Jackson comes up in these things, and I love it every single time. Yeah, well, I mean, Michael Jackson is like Billy Idol, you know what yeah. I mean? Same sort of He shit. had something. Yeah, something, yeah. <laughs> um, Alright, do you have anything to plug or promote, or is there anything you want people to pay attention to? Um, no, just pay attention to yourselves. Yeah. Take care. That's a good one. I like that. But yeah, no, not got heaps to flog. Just, um, just that. Just that. Pay attention to yourselves. Pay attention to yourselves. Check Enjoy out. the party. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you very much for chatting with me. On Thanks this for having me. Recorded format. Thank you for I having know. me at your house. That was so meaningful. <laughs> All right. Thanks, dude.